Other banks go out of their way to make redeeming credit card rewards needlessly complicated, like how they require minimums or force you to use your rewards before reaching some arbitrary expiration date. But Discover isn't like that. With Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount, at any time. So you'll never have to jump through hoops. Unless you're like a trapezist, then by all means, go right ahead. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. G'day everyone. Welcome to episode nine of the Grow Your Brand podcast, where we talk about how to unlock your potential and change the world for the better by sharing your story. Thank you again to everyone who has been tuning into the show and providing me with encouraging and useful feedback about the show uh, and what they're enjoying most. I really, really appreciate it. By the way, a lot of this discussion is happening on LinkedIn. So when I'm referring to comments and feedback and stuff, that's where it is. If you want to join in the conversation, come on over to LinkedIn and follow the hashtag Grow Your Brand to keep up with all the latest posts and questions. You can, of course, also connect with me on LinkedIn. Just let me know when you send your connection request uh, that you're a listener of the show because that makes you an absolute VIP in my books. If you do like what the show is about, please also consider leaving the show a positive rating and review. This really helps me to grow the audience, which will help me keep this going in the long run. Also, a quick shout out to fellow Aussies who uh, tune into the show. Right now, I can see that the majority of listeners of this podcast are Australian. And I know that if you're listening to this close to its release date, that many of you are looking out your window and seeing the crazy change in weather we've just had. You might even be able to hear the wind roaring in the background of this podcast. If that's the case, I sincerely apologize. I won't know until after I listen to this recording, but I don't have double glazed windows. So some of that wind is probably coming through on the microphone. I'm feeling pretty cozy with the sound of the wind and rain outside and so happy we're getting this rain where we need it most. Uh, I hope you're happy to tolerate <laughs> that sound. <laughs> I'll try to edit, edit most of the noise in post, but if it's annoying you, maybe think of it this way. That is the sound of bushfires being put out around the country. I did want to make sure I kept my promise of releasing a new show every Monday. So here I am, Storm and all. Today on the show, we're going to start talking about your brand personality. I've split this into two shows because there is quite a lot to cover here. So in today's show, I'm going to share more about why your brand personality is important and the gap it helps us to address when it comes to your business growth. I also have two great questions that have landed in my lap to answer this week. Please do keep those questions coming in as well. So fellow Aussie Liam Anderson asks, what does staying on brand refer to? And Kyle Syringa from South Dakota asks, what do I have to consider when figuring out what my brand is? Two great questions that are closely related to our topic today, and I'll answer these in our Q&A segment in the second half of the show. Uh, remember, you can submit your question for the show via any of my social channels, or you can even send me an email if you'd prefer to remain anonymous. Just check out the links in the show notes to find out more about how to get in touch. So as I mentioned today, we're going to talk about the importance of defining your brand personality. And these next few episodes are going to be particularly powerful if you've already been doing the work we've been talking through so far in this series. It's actually at this point, the point between working through brand pillar one on your purpose and contribution and brand pillar two on your distinct and salient brand assets that I see most clients and people in my network getting stuck. And that's not to say that they don't have brand assets. So it's not that they don't have a logo or colors or key messages. But what I see happening is that what they're saying in market and how they're representing themselves in market 
doesn't really bring their vision to life or humanize the essence of their brand in a way that will resonate and be remembered by people in the market. And the same goes for personal brand. So whether you're listening to this because you're trying to build your personal brand, which I personally believe everyone should, uh, or it's for your business brand, you need to really define your brand personality for how you're presenting yourself in market. So how do we resonate with our customers and how do we make sure that people are remembering our message out in market? We're going to talk about this more in future episodes, but for now, just remember that people are much more likely to remember things that they care about. And there's this great line from podcast host of Quick Brain, Jim Quick, who says, quote, information combined with emotion becomes a long-term memory, end quote. So it's really, really important that we bring emotion into the information that we're sharing. And this is where I would bet a lot of your competitors are getting this wrong. So it can be a really, really good advantage for you to get this right. So how do you actually communicate with your customers in a way that they're going to remember what you stand for? Remember, the challenge isn't in telling the story. The challenge is in convincing the masses to believe in it and do something about it. The challenge is in making them care. And the cause of this missing link between setting your intention for your business, you know, defining your values and your vision, your mission, and influencing the perception is what I call the why gap. I've talked about this gap before on my YouTube channel and on LinkedIn and in my other podcast show, The Oyster. But if you're new to the concept, let me quickly explain. The why gap is the gap between setting the intention for your business and having a strong influence on the perception of the business. So let me ask you a quick question. What did you do with your vision, mission, value statement, and your value proposition once you wrote it down? What I find a lot of people do is that they have a strategy meeting with their business coach or with their business partner or executive team, and they write all of this stuff down in a business plan or a strategy document or in their employee manual or induction book, and then they put it in a drawer and forget about it. And look, I'm the first to admit that I've done this myself because we get busy, right? I get it. We all have a lot of stuff to do when we're growing a business and trying to grow our brand. And we've done the plan. So we can kind of tick that off the list. And now it's about making things happen, right? For me, this gap really wasn't something that I became aware of. uh, And I wasn't truly addressing myself until about a year ago. And this is something that I help businesses with all the time. I help businesses address this gap and I still overlooked it in my own business. It is so, so easy to overlook this step and so, so powerful when you stop and you take the time to come back and address it. In fact, this this is the gap I see most commonly when I'm doing a needs assessment with a new client. And what I find is once we get this right, it's really the game changer for their growth. We see businesses start growing at a much faster pace once we address this gap. So this is a step that's going to separate you from your competitors. And what may surprise you is that this step isn't about differentiating yourself in market. That will happen naturally, but that's not the intention that we're setting for what we're going to do. What we're really trying to do is understand what is going to resonate, inspire, and motivate your customers to take action. By defining your brand personality, we're going to link that inner intention for your business with the external perception of your business and take that first step towards humanizing your brand by defining the traits and characteristics your brand embodies. Getting started with this is very straightforward because we're going to take something out of the storyteller's toolbox and use the 12 brand archetypes. 
Brands that make emotional connections with their customers use these archetypes all the time. And to find which archetype you are, I've created a short quiz to help you find what brand personality is going to do the best job of resonating with your customers and representing your brand. This episode marks sort of this transition point between the first two brand pillars. The first brand pillar, just as a reminder again, is of course, purpose and contribution. And that's been the focus of this series so far. And the second pillar, again, is your distinct and salient brand assets. And I think a brand personality is something that sits between the two, because whilst what we're doing is working on ways to humanize the essence of your brand, which comes from the vision, the mission, your values, and the value you offer, what creating this personality will help you get clear on is the types of words, phrases, images, colors, style, and tone of voice that is going to resonate with your market. And also it's going to provide the creative inspiration for the brand's assets that you create. It, it's, it's like the guidebook for creatives, right? It's the first step towards putting together your style guide. And so, so many businesses don't have a style guide. Next episode, we're going to take a closer look at each of the 12 archetypes and talk through examples of how brands use this in the real world to connect with their market. In the meantime, have a look at that brand archetype quiz I've created for you to help you figure out your own brand personality. Head over to growyourbrand.com.au to access the notes from episode nine and take the quiz. I'll also put the link directly to the quiz in the show notes. And let me know whether or not it aligns with how you want to portray your business. You can send a tweet to at laurencress89 or tag me in your post on LinkedIn. I'm also on Facebook. All the links are in the show notes as well. Let's get on to our second and final segment for today, the Q&A segment with our questions from Liam and Kyle. So a quick reminder, Liam Anderson asked, what does staying on brand refer to? Fantastic question. This phrase gets thrown around a lot, but what does it actually mean? For those of you who have been following the show for a while, you may remember in episode three, we talked about brand integrity, this idea that what you say is aligned with what you do. And since then, we've also been talking about this in the context of your offer and being able to deliver on the value you promise to create. When we talk about being on brand, it's shorthand for saying being consistent with our branding and our brand message. So if you promise to provide a software solution and an affordable price for a small business owners, and then you start talking about the importance of a healthy diet for a happier life, you'd be said to be going off brand. Um, You're not on message because what you're saying doesn't have relevance to what you're doing and what you're offering. However, I know there are some very smart people listening to the show and you're probably thinking, but you could talk about the importance of a healthy diet for a happier life in a way that is relevant to small business owners who are in need of software solutions. And yes, you can. But it comes back to how you want to present yourself in market and the reason behind pushing this message out there, right? Like you're going to a lot of effort and you're using a lot of energy to get that message out there. So if you're just saying it for the sake of saying it and you're putting a lot of time and money into getting that message out there, sure, it's a positive message, but it's not really in your wheelhouse as a problem you solve. If, however, let's say you teamed up with a lifestyle coach or a lifestyle and business coach who helped small business owners restore balance and happiness in their life through, you know, part of it was healthy diet. And you were doing this sort of co-branding campaign that was about providing a whole heap of useful productivity tips to small business owners. And those tips also linked back to your software solution. 
then this might be very on-brand for this campaign and may in fact bring in a whole heap of business. There are lots of nuances here, but the main thing to ask yourself is, am I talking about something that is A, relevant to my audience and B, builds an association between the problem we solve and our brand assets in the minds of our customers? So we're trying to create mental availability. We're trying to make sure that when a customer thinks about our brand, they're thinking about the problem they need solved that we can solve. Just one more thing before I wrap up on my answer here. We're going to talk about this more, but it's really important that you don't confuse your customers with having lots of different messages and campaigns out there at the same time and in the same market or market segment. So using that same example of you, you're running a campaign on being productive at work to promote your software solution. And at the same time, you're putting out a whole heap of messages about healthy eating for productivity. People are going to get confused. Are you a software provider or are you a health coach? Which one? So it's really important to keep your message clear and consistent and don't change your brand assets in a dramatic way. So, you know, if you suddenly change your tagline to something about healthy eating, but you're a software solution provider, that's going to really, really confuse your customers and it's off message. I hope that helps to answer your question, Liam. Um, As with any of these questions, if anyone listening to this wants to get further clarity, you can always reach out to me via email. So please do. And the links are in the show notes as well. Now, on to question two from Kyle Saranga, who asks, what do I have to consider when figuring out what my brand is? Another great question and a fairly big question. As some of you know, I'm not a fan of the checklist approach to this kind of stuff because, look, the list is very, very long. I actually did once write out this list as part of some internal structuring for my business. And there was over 100 items on the list and a lot of them needed further information to really help clarify all the bits and pieces, like create a logo, but you're not sure about what's involved in creating a logo. Then there's a whole heap of like sub list to that list. So I find it much more useful to talk about this in terms of those five key brand pillars that we talked about. We started talking about in episode five. So you can have a listen to that episode. That's what I would recommend. To, to get an idea of what you need to consider because there are a lot of considerations. I've also written an article about this as well, so I'll share that in the show notes. Uh, really quick as a reminder for people who just want to listen to the show and get the answer, <laughs> the five key brand pillars are, one, your purpose and contribution, so make sure you know where you're trying to get to, the destination of your business or your brand, have an idea of how you're going to get there and the guidelines for how to behave your values, right? So vision, mission, and values, make sure you're crystal clear on the problem you solve and who you solve it for and what that audience really cares about. Then you want to look at, as we've started discussing here today, what you share in market to communicate this. And this is about the stories you tell and your distinct and salient brand assets, the second pillar to consider. Brand pillar three is about your media and market penetration. So how you share your stories in market, the plan for actually getting all of these stories in the right places and at the right time so your audience sees it. Brand pillar four is about the availability of what you're selling in market at the point of sale. And brand pillar five is your resource and funding. So the cash you initially invest to start growing your brand and the cash you also reinvest from the money that you're making to continue your brand growth. So check out the show notes for all the links to access the information I've just been talking about here and get clearer on what each of those pillars involves. But in the meantime, uh, Kyle, I hope this goes some way to answering your question. Thanks again, Liam and Kyle, for your questions and keep those questions coming in, guys. 
really appreciate everyone getting involved in making this show what it is. And as another quick reminder, if you do like the show, make sure you subscribe so you can stay up to date with all the latest episodes. And look, lots of extra love for any listeners who can leave a positive review uh, or positive rating for the show. Next week, we'll continue our topic on brand personality and take a deeper dive into this. Until then, remember, sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place.